Howdy, gang. Thank you for tuning into Back Country and Barbells. I am Joe Shamanic, and um, if you are tuning in um, on this week's episode, this is our, our bi weekly edition of Fitness Friday. Our goal here is to get you um, some actionable training tips that you can take um, into your garage, into the gym, or um, as we. As we kind of slug through what's going on with COVID-9-11, maybe in your living room. So um, today, guys, uh, we want to talk to you about maybe what you could do between efforts. I've been getting some questions about, you know, what do I do between training sessions? How many training sessions should I get into? Um, you know, look, uh, that's a loaded question. And, um, you know, I, I'm not sure of everybody's training experience coming into a particular, you know, session. But we all come in with you know, different level of baggage that we should all take into account. Um, you know, um, you know, I, I'm not sure how much you guys should be training. You know what I mean? That That's a question uh, for you. I do know that, you know, in between sessions, you shouldn't do nothing. Um, you know, the, the, the sedentary, the sedentary training effect is not good. You know, so if you're banging around doing nothing, um, not enough. Um, so kind of talk to you today about, you know, what I would like to think about um, what to do in between sessions um, in terms of, you know, it's a great time to apply um, low level aerobic work. It's a great time to kind of dial things back and focus on mobility and uh, breathing and kind of uh, getting your body into a recovery state. And it's also a great time to kind of build strength through a process um, called uh, grease in the groove. Uh, so where you can dial in motor patterns of of movements that you want to kind of dial in. And I'm going to talk about what that might look like on an active recovery day. Um, so so we'll start back at the top with uh, low level aerobic uh, work. Look, man, um, I don't know. There's a level of fitness I think everybody should have, and in my in my opinion, folks should have a 5K in their back pocket, and that's a that's a three mile kind of run. Uh, it doesn't mean you should be setting the world on fire for that, but you should, in my opinion, be able to maybe hammer out, you know, uh, or work towards some sort of a three mile effort, uh, continuous, you know, for whatever you know for whatever reason. That to me seems like a low level or a baseline that we should all have. And, and actually have with a 5k is where I kind of put, this is from a guy who doesn't like to run. I kind of base everything off that. And I've kind of picked that number based off of, you know, kind of getting into trail running, but I just think that it's a good number um, of miles to have. I can run that amount of miles and always back squat. I can run that amount of miles and feel functional uh, the next day at work. I can run that amount of miles really hard Um and not have lingering effects that keep me from doing the other things that I like to do, interacting with my family, going to work, and um, getting into the woods, and, and lifting weights. But also the effects of that, I think, benefit everything else. So without slugging a bunch of miles, um, I feel pretty good. Now that said, on your um, days off, you shouldn't be running 5Ks. You know, you should be out getting low-level um, aerobic activity with that in mind. Um, it's a great day to hike. It's a great day to walk up hills. Um, it's a great day to just kind of maybe cut the grass. Um, so, so that's what I would look to do. How active can you be without breaking a sweat thinking about, you know, an activity level that will support 
running a potential 5K the next day or, or whatnot. Because you know, the issue is if you just sit around getting sedentary, your body gets used to that, right? So when you think about low-level activities or low-level aerobic work to implement on an active recovery day, it should be movement that will support or surpass a 5K, so maybe you walk around a lot, but not keep you from being able to do it. And for me, you know, we have a we have a trail right by our house that walks down to the sound, and it's a mile and a half downhill, mile and a half up with a nice gentle incline. You know, we walk that regularly and um, walk it all the time. Maybe you walk around for 20 minutes after dinner. You know, that's what I'm talking about. So get active in terms of walking around, uh, stomping around, maybe even putting a little pack on, um, tinkering around with the kids. That's where I would put my low-level aerobic work um, regarding what to do between efforts. You know, don't just just kind of lay around. It's not a day to eat Cheetos and ice cream and watch television. You know, be active. You know, think about always keeping a, a 5K in your pocket. That, that's how I attack my aerobic work on a rest day. The other thing that I like to do on a rest day is really, I, I, I'm going to take 12 to 15 minutes at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, and really think about limbering up um, with um, the exercises I have in mind uh, uh, in training sessions to come. You know what I mean? So, I think a really simple setup for this would be um, I am going to go to couch stretch, which is a stretch where if you can imagine you can do it against the wall, you can do it in your couch where you kind of post your back knee up against the wall, kind of like you're in a lunge, but then you kind of hug that back foot to, uh, to your butt, and then you have your front foot out in front, and you're ultimately trying to press your ankle and your knee against the wall, and your back shoulder, and you should have decent up with good postures, different variations to get into couch, and, um, but what that's really going to do is, uh, open up your hip flexors, generally a lot of us from sitting, or, the guy was telling you before, you know, maybe you're training some running, um, and walking, but we're doing a lot of things right now as humans to kind of mash, um, to mash our hip flexors into a really short spud of a muscle when it should have some nice length to it and, and movement. So couch stretch gets you into that. But, um, you know, I'm going to think about stretching couch stretch for about two minutes aside. Um, that's a place where I go. Uh, another thing I like to do is get a lot of hanging in. So I hang with a chin grip. Uh, it's a great stretch for the upper body. Um, gets the shoulders going and then I'm going to also spend two minutes kind of working a cat cow pose. Um, I had a, was working with a client. Uh, he said, well, yeah, my cat cow is, I'm, it's a work in progress. It's more like moose squirrel. So I get it. Um, but getting some movement and flexion in the spine is really important. You know, again, we're so stuck in sitting. So, you know, I'll put together mobility complexes like that and spend anywhere from 12 to 20 minutes just in and out of them. I think it's really important to do. And while I'm doing those, I'm really focused on breathing. You know what I mean? Nice, deep nasal breaths through the nose. Um, always implementing this box breathing technique where I'm, you know, well, I'll pick whatever count I can manage and I'll try and extend it. So maybe I'll start with two seconds through the nose, two second hold, two second out the nose, two second hold, continue to repeat. But over the course of a, of a moment or the course of a, a stretching routine, I'll try and extend that as far as I can. Um, I think that's really important. Uh, it gets the nervous system thinking about recovery. It calms you down, and it just puts your mind at ease, right? And I'll also, yeah, a weird thing, too, is I'll try to do that with no music. You know, get outside. Um, right now, it's getting beautiful weather here in the Pacific Northwest. 
you know, I'll kick my shoes off. I'll go into this green space in front of our house or I'll get into the backyard and I'm going to do these stretches barefoot in the sun. And it's just really great. So, you know, you might go through and I'll link these up. You might go couch stretch, um, cat cow plus and chin hangs. That might be your setup um, that you might try that. But generally when I put these mobility complexes together, I'm going to try to hit something for the lower body, something for the upper body and something to bring movement or stability into my spine. Uh, and then the other thing that I'll do is I don't not exercise. Um, there's a, a cool concept that um, I first heard about through Zach Evan Esch. Um, he's a cool underground strength coach follow him guys great stuff but uh in a blog post he talked about grease in the groove but it was also a term that's been picked up by uh that he picked up from Pavel Tatsuli and uh have a book called Power to the People actually read that book based off Zach's recommendation but the general principle whether you you know you're you're greasing the groove here in terms of your strength movements um, you know, you can take a pull-up, lunge, or sit-up. You know, during the week, you're going to train it pretty hard at a hard intensity that kind of um, that kind of impacts it to force stimulus, right? But when we work to failure, whether this is in training sets or um, whether we're uh, working on a day off, we want to avoid working to failure. The problem with working to failure is you're teaching the muscle to fail, uh, optimally what you want to do is kind of hover in that 85% range where you can move your body um, optimally and lay the groundwork for proper motor patterns to take place. So for example, you know, like a pull-up, let's say, you know, if I'm working a lot of pull-ups right now because I have body weight movements and I'm limited, limited activity, but I can do a bunch of pull-ups and I want to keep getting my pull-ups up and my goal is to maybe do something like, you know, I want to do 20 pull-ups. Well, rather than if you don't have 20 pull-ups, always training to failure and hurting yourself or training to failure and training so hard that you can't train the next day, you just do the you know, rule we have in our house is our kids can all do one pull-up now. So every day I like to tell them to go outside and do one pull-up. It's that simple. So you grease the groove with your movements. And what I kind of do with this grease the groove mentality on my off days is, you know, you know, right now I'm putting my athletes, um, again, inspired by Zach, uh, through some body weight work. You know, for me, you know, a lot of folks aren't in a situation I am where they've accumulated a bunch of fitness equipment and they have the home gym in their garage. So they're kind of situated where maybe you're just doing a lot of body weight reps. So, for example, maybe maybe you're doing uh, sets of body weight squats where you're doing four sets of 25. Maybe in your training session you're accumulating four hard sets of 25 100 reps, you know, and that's giving you, it's giving you a good training stimulus where the next day you're not sore, but you know you did something, right? So it's a pretty good place to train in. Well, in your grease to groove Dave day, rather than hit 25, maybe you're just going to stop and you're going to do 10 nice reps where you're kind of doing them perfect form-wise, but not so hard where it's going to affect you. But what you're doing is you're teaching the body to hit the movement properly. So I'll always walk back to what I've done in training that week and I kind of just do manageable sets. And I, But I'll put this idea in my head that, okay, you know, I'm going to get 50 reps of the movements that I'm doing in my training easy. So in, in our house, it's pretty easy. But if you're doing body weight movements, it's pretty easy. You know, you can, you can implement this where you're standing in line at the bank 
or maybe you're standing in line at Home Depot because it's the only place you can get out to get something right now, you know, you're going to stop and do rather than a set of 25 and work to failure um, where you're getting a sweat going and, and you're you're incapacitated at the, at, at the Home Depot. Well, rather than do that, you are um, instead just going to do five great reps. And over the course of the day, you're going to accumulate, you know, an, a, manage, a manageable number that's going to leave you training optimally the next day. So it's some thoughts on what to do on an active recovery day, you know, get moving, but don't build a sweat that that's going to hurt you from being able to run a 5K the next day. Always keep that in mind. Uh, hit some mobility work that's going to thoughtfully um, uh, increase range of motion for sessions to come and uh, implement a breathing technique that it, it's going to force recovery. And then also, guys, you know, take your movements that maybe you're deficient in or want to train or set yourself up and don't not do them and don't do them to a place that that's going to hurt you. But, you know, grease the groove with some of your movement. And there's some cool reasons for that. I mentioned to um, look up Zach Evanesh. He's a he's a great trainer out of the Northwest um, that as a guy that I followed for years. And then there's also, you know, Pavel's work, who as of recently, he's got a bit of a regenesis right now because of his uh, recent interview on Rogan's podcast. But his content's been out for a long time. Um, his book, Power to the People, is great. Um, I've implemented Simple and Sinister quite a bit. Really cool book if you want to get into kettlebell swings. But, you know, both of those guys, you know, as, as much as they want to train you hard and get you strong and want you to move fast and, and, and do really hard things and get after it, you want to do it in a thoughtful way, and uh, you can even implement some of that um, in between sessions as a bit of an active recovery day. So I hope this helps um, give you something to do on your day off besides nothing and uh, um, you know, eating bad food and, and watching terrible television, right? Just get out, be active, uh, but maybe this will put some structure to it. Uh, the fitness you want, gang, is all around you, so make sure you are uh, doing your best to attain it. Um this is Joe Shamanic, uh, Backcountry and Barbells. This is a quick edition of uh, Fitness Friday. Hope it helps. Be on the lookout, guys, for episodes to come. Um, we have a really cool interview lined up um, with a, a super cool fitness personality. Uh, we've got some cool innovators um, in terms of gear coming at you um, on Monday. A really cool interview with Ellsworth Socks. If you guys want to check them out, um, Ellsworth, uh, check out their website. It's on our page. Um, but really cool, uh, exclusive to our listeners. Um, go to their website and uh, hit code B and B20, and you get 20% off their socks, guys. And uh, um, as you'll see in Monday's uh, interview, uh, these socks um, are separators. They're really cool. So check that out, guys. Uh, it's a lot of fun doing this podcast. Um, be a lot of fun to answer your questions. So make sure you. Um, Get them our way anyway. You know, I'm pretty active on Instagram. You can find me at underscore coach.joe um, or you can DM us at backcountry and barbells. Also, guys, the website is wide open. Um, so give us some feedback, including, guys, head on over to um, backcountry and barbells. Go to our partner page and you'll find a link to uh, get you some awesome Ellsworth socks. Fire up to help you guys out. Hope this helps. And um, train hunting lift, folks.